Hey, welcome to Bonus Barrel. And returning guest, Kevin. Yeah, you know I can always rely on Kevin from the defunct Namecast to show up if we need or want someone else to to show up. Yep. Like um, in in uh, fiction, when a world is being destroyed and someone jumps from one world to another, uh, so they don't get destroyed with the world. That's kind of like what happened here. Like Namecast was was blowing up. And you were put in a vessel by Nathan, and he's like, live. And then he sent the vessel off, and then it crashed in the BB world. And sometimes we're like, hey, come record with us. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. Persona 5 dropped a trailer called Persona 5 The Royal. It has a uh, p- uh, ponytailed girl. She's all like, I don't think the fantasies are doing things right i'm gonna do it right that's uh how i'm interpreting it or rather that's what i remember of it yeah uh, and at first people are like hi main main character new main character female main character and then they're like read the translation doesn't sound like it and then now uh, they're all like side story <laughs> um so let's weigh in on this folks we all except seiji like persona 5 my question to you is would you prefer a new, like, uh, a, a, a port with a new main female character, or would you prefer a new uh, port with just, uh, you know, another additional character, like an extra palace, or would you prefer a side story that takes place parallel to the main story? I'd 100% prefer a side story. Um, more new content, I feel. Like, yeah, man. sure, it might be a different character or whatever, but, like... I don't know. I don't think we need another Persona 5 game on like the PS4. Right? It's, it's not like it's a new console or anything. So Yeah. Yeah. Switch port it. would make sense, but Yeah, that was rumored for a while, but I don't know. Yeah, really. Guess it's not happening. What do you think, Shelby? Side story would be cool. Yeah, I think we're all kind it... of an animus in that one. Yeah, I just I don't know, with games like that, like you prolong your life just adding DLC and all that junk. So, yeah, it doesn't make much sense just to like I know they they have done before on the portable editions like Persona uh, Portable uh, for PS ah, for Persona Three and then Persona Four Golden. But I don't know. I feel like we're kind of behind. It. Like this isn't that. This is just another release on PS Four two years later. Mm. So likely it's a side story. I hope it is. I'll play it for sure if it is. If it's just like a an enhanced version, then I'm probably won't play it. I mean, it's been two, it's already been, it's only been, it's not even been, or it's been just two years now. I really don't need to go through a hundred hours of the same thing with one extra area. That's a bit different. Yeah, my the game's already like kind of drawn out too. So long. It's a great game. I love it. Would recommend it, no damage, but it's, it's a bit long. It made me shave off 30 hours and it's still long. hundred hours is a long fucking time for any game. Yeah. It's not like a multiplayer game, so you know, for a JRPG, it's a long time. Fun game though, fun game. Jordan would would be very upset with us right now. <laughs> uh, what else? Google Stadia. I don't know anything about it. From any screen, at any time. I didn't really read it, but it's uh, it's not really a console, right? It's like a streaming We're service. Yeah. This is Stadia. Gather out. You get in a controller. So it's like one of those like controllers you could buy at Toys R Us that you plug into a TV and has like three games on it. It's basically <laughs> that, right? I don't know. I like the idea of other people jumping in and wanting to make consoles, but this is just kind of a just a, I don't know, we've seen streaming services like this before. What what do you think is gonna make it special with Google? What what is what is what is what are they gonna do different? Seiji? What do you think of this 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 Stadia thing? 
I'm not sure if it's going to be too like different from other ideas in the past. What I think it's uh, the most notable thing about this is that it's Google's because Google doesn't really have the economic pressure to to immediately like make a profit. They could just like run it until it's good, and that's what yeah. they've done with other products. I'm pretty sure Gmail in the beginning was not making any money um, and stuff like that. Being Google, I think uh, if they're jumping in and and it seems like they're jumping in with a lot of support already. Yeah, good old Ubisoft. Yeah, I, I think it's potentially uh, going to, or has the potential to change a lot of things, even uh, a space that affects you know me personally, which is you know the mobile space. Potentially everything could be funneled through that, I don't know, um, but we'll see. Not really sure what it will do immediately. Their, 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 their message is it's not, uh, it's next generation, it's new generation. And they want to see, you know, they want to move forward, which means digital only. That, uh, as a collector, that, that bums me out a little bit. But then again, save money by not having to feel like I need to buy any of it. Not that I'm likely to jump from PS, PlayStation or Nintendo for Google. I can't, I can't imagine what they could do that would, would take me from those consoles. Like the, I feel like unless Nintendo and PlayStation just kind of stop making shit, I don't, I don't feel like, uh, threatened by the release of google or anything i don't know yeah, yeah. Well, controller. so many people in rural areas that just don't have great internet connections so like yeah there's that too right so yeah i kind of see it as more of like a side thing like you know you can still buy the games for you know the switch or ps4 or whatever but you know it's also available on stadia if you don't want to buy it you can just stream it yeah you're probably right Shelby, what do you think about this Stadia, Shelby? Um, the, nothing else more than what's been said. <laughs> okay. There. I like yeah. You nailed it. It has some uh, cool implications for uh, devs, though. Like, they were talking about, um, you know, it's a really easy way to make builds that you can share with coworkers and stuff and also be able to, like, save those builds in, like, specific states. So, like, say you added a new level or something, you can just be like, hey, QA, like, play this part, and it's just like, you send them a link, and they're just immediately in that level with, like, appropriate character and set up to, like, test the level, so that, that seems... That's pretty cool. Yeah, I like that. That's pretty good. Not, not enough for, to replace everything I know about games, but um, I like it. It It is software-based, right? So you don't need any kind of hardware. Yeah. Right, it's like a streaming thing. It's like, uh, what was that called? Like, fuck, there, there was a big one, like, 10 years ago. I actually had the box somewhere for it. My friend had bought it, and it came in a physical box and controller and stuff, but it was like a, it's streamed only, and I wish I could remember its name. On live. Anyways, there was one in, the, in like 2011, 2012 that, uh, that was there for a little while where you could stream like... Yeah, PlayStation. Up. I forget the name of it. There's like a PlayStation service that is streaming. PlayStation Now? Yeah, I think that's it. I think it might have been on live, actually, is what I'm thinking of. On live, yeah. I'm, look, yeah. I'm looking for it. Online with a Mountain View, California-based provider of cloud virtualization services. OnLive's flagship product with its cloud gaming service, which allows subscribers to rent or demo computer games without installing them on their device. Games were delivered on Live's client software as a streaming video rendered by the services rendered by the services servers rather than rendered locally by the device. And this setup allowed games to run on computers and devices that would normally be unable to run them due to insufficient hardware. And also enabled other features of stability for, for players to record gameplay and to spectate. But what happened to it? It got bought by Sony, didn't it? Did it? O on live? Oh, yeah, yeah, it is. On April 2nd, 2015, it was announced that Sony had acquired online's patents and all the online services we discontinued on April 30th. Sony operates PlayStation Now, a similar service built using the infrastructure of Gaikai, a former competitor to OnLive. So I guess Sony just ate OnLive and became... It's PlayStation Now thing. That's, that's interesting. Cool. Well, I don't know. I don't care, I guess. I guess that's my summary of, of the Google Studio. Now, do you imagine this being like an app, like the same way Netflix is an app on like the PlayStation, but being an app on like all the current consoles, something like that? Are you asking? Yeah, I, I don't know if, they're, if they've announced it, but it, it has a potential. Like you, you still have your console structure, but then Stagia is just 
like one more app that you can subscribe and then you potentially funnel your content through that or just buy the content by itself. You know, you saying it like it's like Netflix, but I think you actually might be onto something or you might be right. Netflix is great. Everybody loves it. Um, what this is a kind of a this is the future, I think, of streaming games. But imagine that they do the same shit like Netflix. So in the future, uh, unpopular games or are, are might get taken down or or uh, licenses will be lost and then they'll have to remove it and then you can't play his games anymore we've seen that already with games like scott pilgrim for the ps3 and i'm um, you know a bunch a fucking ton of other ones i know we had this conversation i think literally years ago when we were talking about play like uh digital versus physical games and all that shit and my stance on digital games is definitely softened over the years but but digital only is still not a thing i'm a fan of for those types of reasons like and, you know, it's, it sucks on Netflix now to be like, oh, I want to watch that movie. I think I saw that on Netflix last week. Just check. Oh, shit. It's gone now because for whatever X reason, they decided to remove it. And that would really suck if you happen to like an obscure game on this new streaming service. And let's say in this world where there's not physical copies of games, that's a big pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that. So now I'm against it. Now I care again. But now I think there's some go. stuff happening already. Like with this week announcement of like Nintendo collaborating with with Microsoft, that was uh, that was big. It was rumored and it, it became true. So then the next uh, the next thing that was rumored was the Game Pass thing. So we are seeing some strange changes. You know, this this announcement of Stadia and then companies that didn't collaborate before now collaborating and sharing some stuff. So do you guys see like next, I don't know, small changes like Nintendo releasing something or letting Microsoft release something on the Xbox and then they share some services and then, you know, next thing, everything is on the same <laughs> um, platform. Uh, so you mean like everything being homogenized into one thing, like one platform? What, what do you mean by, by boring? The, the less competition, uh, boring titles or something like that? less competition boring titles people probably won't be like pushing themselves as much to kind of like stand out you know what i mean or maybe that's maybe the opposite will happen maybe there's just like oh shit there's only one platform we gotta make it here or we'll die i don't know uh i think competition drives people uh mm-hmm. and so you know you want to have the best titles for your platform so you're going to invest in well ideally sorry i mean it doesn't always work out this way but you're going to invest on like good games to make you want to buy that platform so i think everything being on one platform could be a bit of a detriment to that personally yeah there's definite like pros and cons like one example is nintendo being so isolated for a while that they lost like the third party support like the big one yeah created this new space for for indies on the switch which is very very interesting and in the beginning was you know, seeing those uh, those showcases was kind of like it seemed like second-handed games, like you know, like not as cool as the the other platforms had. But with uh, this week's announcement, the Nindy showcase, mm-hmm. um, I felt for the first time like genuinely excited about the stuff that was being shown. Like, oh, this is cool! Like, you don't you don't get to see this kind of stuff. And then Nintendo letting some you know minor developer. Uh, developed something with the Zelda IP, you know that kind That's of crazy, right? That, that kind of isolation th- did create that kind of space, which is very, very interesting. So I can see it going both ways. Well, Nintendo had once lent out Zelda <laughs> to uh, Philips. Philips <laughs> <laughs> CDI. I wonder what's for dinner. Oh boy, I'm so hungry I could eat an Octorok. So I mean, they've tried this before. Uh, hopefully, the results are as good as that. Cadence of Hyrule looks like it might be almost as fun as uh, <laughs> fucking Wands of Evil or the hell they were called. Gam- Gamelon. Ganon's no match for the king. Link, go to Gamelon and find my father. Great! I can't wait to bomb some Dodongos! Wands of Evil. I can't remember their names. That's definitely not right, but it's it's something like that. Yeah, one of Gamelon was, the, was one and the other one I don't remember. But the third one was Zelda's Adventure, wasn't it? That's right. You played as just Zelda. You know, so real, a little bit of a side story here. I remember when I was really young. So whenever that came out, I think I was like 94. I would have been like 10 or 11. I remember going to this mall. And the mall now is defunct. I think the mall is just a big old call center now. 
But I remember going in there and they had like some kind of computer store. And I remember seeing a display booth. I could still see it in my brain of all those Zelda games of the Wand of Gamelon and, and Zelda's Adventure, whatever the hell you want to call it. And I remember like they had a display like with the game that you could play it. And I remember playing a little bit of it. Hmm. And I, I, don't, I didn't like it, but I remember it. I could still see it in my brain to this day. I never saw those in retail. Yeah. I know. I, I, you know, and in hindsight, you know, if I had come back like a year later when they're all discount binned and bought oh, like really? eight copies, time traveling, if I could time travel, it would just me be looking for, I'd like Google a game, like, cool, I want this game, looking eight months later and then traveling back to eight months after that and looking for bis- discount bins, <laughs> buying those games for like 10 bucks and coming back to the future, selling two more, two of those games, and then I could use it to fund the next games I buy. Mm-hmm. It's a very elaborate plan. I'm, I'm Infinite money. S- still working on it, on how to get back in time. Once I get that figured out, though, the rest should be pretty cake. No, I also have, like, discount bin regrets. I do have some of those. You remember? <laughs> Me too, man. Remember when Target was um, was still, like, not broke? Like when it was, yeah, I do. <laughs> they had some Canadian. pretty good deals. That. Yeah, the Canadian one. They're great deals. I got so many games from them. Amazing. Dude, They they once had... Pikmin, I think, uh, like fifty percent off, and I was like, yeah. I think the only store in town that was carrying Pikmin three, and I didn't buy it, and I didn't buy it for a while because I thought, oh, it's too expensive because fifty percent still like forty bucks. Yeah, but that is my biggest regret: not buying Pikmin three on retail because that is that your biggest regret greater. in life? No, my my biggest discount bin regret. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. That'd be amazing if that was your biggest regret in life. Like your life has been so smooth that you're like, and it was all serious and earnest. Like you don't realize that how ridiculous it is. You're like, my biggest regret is not buying Pikmin three half off, and it still haunts me to this day. I still lose sleep over it. Sometimes yeah. I can't eat because I think about the fact that I could have bought Pikmin three half price, and nothing has been. And you're telling that to your grandchildren and shit too. You're like, <laughs> Papa. You know, Papa's made a lot of mistakes in this day, but nothing has been a bigger mistake than when Papa didn't buy. I like saying Papa. Papa didn't buy. Pikmin. <laughs> Papa didn't buy. And his second mistake was Papa didn't buy. Hey, Pikmin. Oi, Pikmin. Oh, I started playing that a little bit. It's, 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 I mean, once you get over the idea that it's not Pikmin 4 because it's not, I thought it was okay. But yeah. Oh, so maybe you like it a little bit. It's a 2D platformer, so. You like a little bit of hey Pikmin, hey. Hey, hey hey Pikmin, what's up? It's really fun to say, Shelby. What's up? Try saying hey Pikmin in a fun way. Why would I do that? Oh, it's fun. I don't want to though. Oh, Kevin. Hey, Pikmin. That's fun. You see, it's fun. Mm-hmm. Seiji, do it and do it in uh, Spanish. It's the same. Hey, Pikmin. Just... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's disappointing. Uh, they were like, hola. Wow. Pikmin. Isn't hola hello? In, in hola is, is hello, but we also have hey, which is a. I guess just that's without... That's so disappointing. I want hola Pikmin. That would great. Finally, I'm almost out of this crypt. But this isn't the um, Oh, yeah. So Cadence of Hyrule. What do you think of that? What do you guys think of that? During the reveal, I was like, this looks familiar. I think I was called here for like, is this a clone or what? Then then the music like just revealed that it was Zelda before they said it. And it was like, oh, it feels so good. Yeah, it looks it looks like the actual game looks really fun. In the first the first game they they announced in that uh, showcase, what was it? Ah, Cuphead. Oh yeah. Oh, so Cuphead. okay, question about Cuphead: Is that a streaming thing through the through a Xbox app, or is it just gonna be released on the uh, store? No, no, no. The other thing was was just a rumor. They just announced Cuphead straight up. I think. Cuphead Switch. All right. Not physical, I take it, eh? Hmm. Probably not. Well, I want it. I really do. Like, I like. I look at the articles, and the first two things that come up is Cuphead won't be any easier on a Switch, Nintendo Switch, and then a Kotaku article. No, 
Cuphead on Switch won't be any easier. Well, I guess that's the latest news for... Why would anybody Cuphead. think it would be easier? Because <laughs> it's on Nintendo, I guess. Okay. Yeah, have another one. Nintendo oh. casuals. Do they just, like, dumb down games, make them baby games for people when they put them on the Switch? Is that the thing? Baby games for babies. Yeah, baby games for babies. I got a new game. I'll come back I'm to that. Okay with baby that. game for babies. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't mind an easy mode. Oh, so it, April 18th is when it's going to be on. <gasps> the Switch. It was really soon, actually. Damn. Yeah. It's I've played it on, on... Yeah, Cuphead. And I, I played on Steam, but because it's on Steam and my computer, I stopped playing it because I don't really like playing games on my computer very much. So I will definitely try this. Uh, I will rebuy it and probably enjoy it. Tell me more about this baby mode. Right. <laughs> Uh, I bought a game uh, from uh, Japan. I imported it. It just ca- I just got it last week. I've been calling it Baby Game for Babies for like the last what three months. Oh really? Uh, yep. It's it because it's literally in the title Nari Park Kids uh, Lupin Ranger versus Pat Rangers. So it's a Super Sentai game that uh, came out in Switch in Japan in December, uh-huh. but being fucking trash uh we trash sentai like a like a toku i a sentai slut i was like well i gotta fucking get this shit over here so i, I brought it over and it is indeed a baby game for babies uh though i can understand most of what they're saying because it's aimed for three-year-olds and my japanese is probably on par with that of a two or three-year-old so <laughs> nice you're learning yeah i am and uh it, you know, it's actually kind of fun, but it's but it's fun because it's Sentai. Like, I if this was not Sentai, I would not have fun. It's like a mix of different game modes with uh, there's like an infinite runner portion. It's not infinite though. It's like a, so it's like a stage runner portion where you're jumping and collecting coins and shooting pondermen, and then there's like uh, then you go into like a boss mode where you're tr- dodging one of their attacks and counting with your own. Then you have to s- swing your your Joy-Con controllers quickly to to pummel it. Uh, and then there's like there's like a bowling your bowling ponder man. So there's different like <laughs> mini game modes and and then a boss fight. I haven't gotten to any of the mech stuff yet, which I assume is super intense. Uh, but and at the, at the beginning of each stage, they transform and do their poses. So I'm like, yes, Sentai, Sentai is the best. <laughs> and um, but it's definitely not for adults. You know that scene on Back to the Future Two, where Marty's in the future and he's playing Wild Gunman, and the kids in the future oh. say. That you have to use your hands, that's for babies. So, is it like that? <laughs> you have to use your hands. A lot of it's motion controls with the uh, Joy-Cons. Oh, you can only play with go. Joy-Cons. So, so the, I guess it is the future then. Well, that's the baby mode, right? Yeah. yeah, and I love it. You have to use your hands. I, I do. And uh, I, I, the game is fun. You know, it's fun for me. It's pretty cool. <laughs> I was kind of hoping you would keep going. What? With like, uh, oh well, that was it was still Sorry. pretty good. It's okay. So what are we missing here? We talked about Stadia. We talked about Cuphead, Cadence of Hyrule. Got some Sentai out. Um, was anything else announced that we were going to talk? I thought, oh yeah, Sekiro or Sekirei or whatever it's called. Sekiro. It's not Sekirei. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, and guys, check out Sekirei. I think no, it just came out of PS4. Don't, don't do that. Um, You'll regret it forever. I, <laughs> Sekirei <laughs> is an awful anime, which uh, you know, check it out for fun. Uh, no, Sekiro, the uh, wait. Shadow I almost said wait for. I almost fucking game. said wait forward again. <laughs> <laughs> like back to the beginning when we made that same mistake. No, from software, from software's Sekiro. Kevin, I don't know anything about this game. Why don't you tell people a little bit about this game? Yeah, sure. So yeah, it's from from the Dark Souls developers. Um, Mm -hmm. It's it's a very fast-paced game where you play as a uh, shinobi samurai dude. Shinobi Maru? Sure. Cool. And uh, yeah, it's... I don't know. I don't know how spoiler I want to get with it. Is there there monsters in it? There is definitely some monstery type people. Actually, one of my favorite enemies is a rooster. Okay. Oh, I saw that thing. I saw that thing the other or last night when my brother was playing. Yeah, they're so, gigantic. So they're, yeah. <laughs> so my question was because I saw Meg playing a little bit. She wasn't very far in. Uh, I was like, so you know, Dark Souls and Bloodborne and stuff. It's pretty clear it's a fantasy game and there's monsters and it's crazy. 
this one all I saw was like a giant wall and samurais. Is is it like a, are you fighting like ghost undead enemies or something, or is there actually like monsters and, and things? Um, most of what you fight is people. Gross. Yep. Yeah. Boring. Other, other like actually very close to being naked. <laughs> Japanese men who have their own samurai swords. Oh. And yeah. How far in are you? Um. But like how many hours? Have you played? Hours or so, I think. And you're still fighting Maybe. mostly naked Japanese men. Yeah. That's weird. So I did. <laughs> I picked up an item that implies that you fight ghosts later on. Okay. So okay. I, I imagine it gets pretty out there. Ghost fighting. So, <laughs> yeah. So compared to Bloodborne and Dark Souls, I assume you've played all of them, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, how does this rank so far? I mean, I know it's early on, so I obviously don't expect the final answer. But right now, how do you feel in towards so far? Group? So far, I'd probably put like Dark Souls one, still my top, still my favorite. Probably always mm-hmm. will be, just because of the it was my first, oh, my first okay. love. Um, and yeah, then I, I would put it at number two. I'm enjoying it a lot more than I enjoyed either the Dark Souls sequels or Bloodborne. Really? Yeah, Listen, that's just fucking heavy praise, man. As Bloodborne yeah. looked pretty fantastic. Well, it's got some, like, another really cool thing about it is um, you get this, like, grappling hook type thing that, like, Ooh, that sends you, you... There's a lot of movement options. You gotta, like, Can you web-sling with it, like in uh, Spider-Man? Uh, not quite that much, but okay. a little bit. Like That's you cool. You jump from place to place pretty quickly. Swinging is fun in games, right? You guys hear, feel me? Swinging's pretty good. Yeah. What do you think about swinging, Shelby? Swing, sw- what? Swinging in games? Yeah. Swinging from building to building? Yeah, or anything. Swinging from a bridge, swinging from uh, uh, swinging from like a statue, swinging from a rock outcropping, swinging from uh, buildings, swinging from like a flagpole, swinging from like a canyon. Yeah, uh, like Wind swing... has some of my favorite swinging. <laughs> what do you like swinging in game? <laughs> Shelby. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Seiji, what's your favorite swinging moment from a game? Uh, probably Wind Waker. I like that. Nice. That rope yes. with, the, with the claw thing. That's pretty fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that thing, too, actually. Yeah. The rope with the claw right. and also, like, when you're in the ships and you, like, have to jump on, like, the lanterns that are hanging on ropes from the, like, ceiling. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so that's true. Lantern well, to lantern. The tutorial. What about the granddaddy of uh, swinging uh, pitfall? You know, you had to swing over those pits, right? Mm, that's true. Is that a thing in Pitfall? I'm pretty sure it is. You swing, right? Somebody help me. Back me up here. I don't know. Damn it. Well, you weren't born yet. Literally, you actually weren't born yet, so it's okay. <gasps> but Sage, do you remember Pitfall? I do. There's swinging in that, right? There's definitely jumping and going over like swamps and stuff. So I, I think there's swinging. swinging. Let me see. Let me see. There's swinging in Tarzan. Tarzan likes to swing. Well, they're swinging on the on the cover of the game, so yeah, yeah. There's that's Tarzan. a good indication. Yeah, yeah. That's an old ass swinging game, my friends. Yeah, uh, OG swinging game. OG swing. Um, lots of swinging, but what I don't like is when you have to swing and then jump and get over a gap because that's a lot of pressure. Oh, or oh, now spinning is not the same as swinging, but in some games, like in some of the Mario games, like it's Mario 3D World. Uh, you had to swing on these poles and then jump like you're rotating, spinning, but it's kind of a swing. Well, I guess when, when, when does a swing become a rotation? Is it still a swing? So if you have a rope and it's anchored on something and you're like fully rotating around spinning, that's still swinging though, but not in the way that we're thinking, right? Yeah. Sounds like it. Yeah. It sounds like the type of amusement park ride that makes me throw up. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not, I'm not good for those rides, man. They freak what? me out. Uh, cool. All right. Well, I'm really glad we got to talk about swinging in video games. That was pretty fun. Underrated. I like swinging. Yeah, Spider-Man 2. The new Spider-Man. A lot of fun swinging in those games, my friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, so uh, uh, I started a new um, segment that I haven't revisited yet. Uh, I started it this year, I believe, and I'm looking for my notes. And I called it, this is not my notes. Here they, here they go. Uh, there we go. Bam. And it was Rob's retro, Rob's retro Room. Three R's. I talked about Ikari Warriors last time. This time, I, as of last night, I finished the first three 
uh, Super Mario Land games. So Super Mario Land, Super Mario Land 2, 6 Golden Coins, and Wario Land, Super Mario Land 3. Um, the first two games I had briefly talked about before, and I've played them before, but this is my first time really playing a Wario game. And, you know, I actually quite liked it. Um, I prefer the first two just because I like playing as Mario more than Wario, but uh, the hat mechanic is a lot of fun. Uh, and other than the hat mechanic and collecting coins, it's basically the same. They do some weird things, though, like, so so getting 100 hearts gives you a one-up instead of getting coins, because your whole premise of this game is you're collecting coins to buy a new castle. Because I think, because Mario probably destroyed his castle or, or took his castle back or something. And Wario is like, fuck, I need a castle, too. And then you wind up, like, getting a genie to wish you a castle, but you have to pay the genie, and if you don't give him enough money, then you get a shitty thing. So my ending had Wario, like, I had a tree a tree stump with a big W coin on it. And that was my house. And he didn't look very happy. Um, so I think people like them, the replayability would be to go by and find all the hidden treasures in each stage. If you do that, each of those treasures worth like 4,000 coins. And at the end of every stage, you can play a mini game for either more hearts or more coins. Uh, but it's a gamble. So you can lose coins too. So it's a whole game. You're, it's like a sub thing. You don't have to do it because the rest of the game is just Mario land. And when I was playing this, something occurred to me. Um, so I was talking about modern Mario games, I think, last episode, and what I don't like about them. And by it's Mario, Super modern, Mario Bros., right? Yeah, specific, I should say specifically New Super Mario Bros. type game. And I was playing through Mario Land 3, and, I, and it was like perfectly illustrated the difference between the two. And I think a lot of it has to do with the maps. So I feel like the maps don't matter much in the new Super Mario games, but they mattered a lot in the older games. Like, so for example, in the, there's a world or stage or area called Parsley Woods in Mario Land 3. And, and in there, and each, each world is small, like five stages. So not, not crazy. It's not like the older games, but this is Game Boy. But this, this also applies a lot to uh, Super Mario World and shit as well. And like, so in Parsley Woods, there's like a, there's like, you see on the map, there's like a lake with a bridge across it. There's like a trolley. There's a big giant tree that starts at the bottom of the map and goes to the top. And then it leads over and it goes up into another area. And each one of those stages corresponds with that actual area. So the bridge you're going across, that whole stage is bridge and falling and falling platforms and shit. And at the end, you drain the lake. And then the next area is reflective of that. And like when you get to the tree, you're actually climbing, it's a vertical stage, and you're climbing up a giant tree, and the tree has, like, water in it and stuff, and it's, it's a very d interesting stage. And each stage corresponds with, with what's going on in the map. And so, you don't, like, like, I feel like in a lot of the new Mario games, it's like, okay, you're in Rock World, so we'll give you a Rock World stage, and now you're underground, maybe you're in the air, but they have nothing to do with anything. Specifically, like, there's no uh, story. So... What my point is that there's like a narrative to the stages in these older games that I think is lost in the current one. You know, you're like, cool, I'm going on an adventure or along this map, and I'm actually going through those areas, and these areas reflect the map. And like that tree stage is not anywhere else in the game. There's no fucking like, we got to reuse this tree stage over and over again to get the most out of it. It's just that's the area you're at, and that's the fucking stage that you get, and it's awesome. And and you're and you're on a real adventure, not just a collection of stages of different of slightly different themes or different skinned backgrounds. Like, oh, we're in the Rocklands, so let's just take the basic planes level of, a, of the donut flats and, and uh, make it uh, look like rocks, which is how I feel the, the modern Mario games are. And that's what I was thinking about when playing these games. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Thanks, Kevin. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, cool. All right, well, that's, that's all I had to say about that. Holy shit, here we go. Up next, topic. Okay, we're back. This this week it was Sagey's game. Uh it was called Papers, please. Uh, developed and published by 3909 LLC for Windows, OS X, Linux, iOS, PS Vita. Released August 8, 2013. Vita in December 12, 2017. 
puzzle game. All right, take it away, Seiji. Oh, um, <laughs> let me see. Tell us about it. So this is a game that I heard about a lot ever since, I don't know, maybe since it was released, but um, it looked interesting, but never had the opportunity mm -hmm. to to play it for some reason. Uh, but over the years, it was part of my, like, let's say, bucket list of sorts um, to play this <laughs> game at some point because it looked very, very interesting. This game often comes in lists of best games of all time, of best indie games of all time, really? and stuff like that. Yeah. Huh, crazy. And I was looking at games that I really, really wanted to play. So, you know, I picked this game and I bought it and I played it. Mm -hmm. And here we are. All right. Well, this is your game, so you lead the segment because I, can't, I definitely can't. <laughs> okay. I've never done this, but... <laughs> just talk about the game and ask this question. It's easy. I just wing it every time. You can do it. Yeah, so I guess the game pretty much is a puzzle game. It has some elements that are very, very interesting to me, but uh, the main activity in the game revolves around you being an immigration officer of this conflicted country, I guess, that has gone through some issues of the military source. I guess they had a war with the neighboring country and such and such. And now you're opening the border because the country is moving away from that and trying to prosper and whatever. And at the beginning of the game, what they mention is that you somehow get the job through a lottery. And then when you start a new file, it is your first day at the job. And apparently it's also the first day the border opens. The game is just the one screen. Well, the gameplay itself is just the one screen where you see your own like workstation and then other sections of the screen has uh, the like an overview of the of the scene and you have like a queue of people coming uh, trying to get into the country. And then basically you just hit next. Someone comes in. There's a series of of requirements uh, that are written on your rule book which is just verifying that the documentation is right, and then you let them in or you deny them. And that is basically what the gameplay is about. But the game has so much more once they introduce branching paths, different endings, moral conflicts, and stuff like that, which resulted, to me at least, in an extremely immersive experience. Like, I was always thinking about all these things, right? Like, should I do it or not? I don't know why, but being that it is so simple and sometimes it's so light in nature, I felt like it was very funny, the stuff that was happening. But it really brought in me some feelings of like, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. Or <laughs> sometimes I'll be angry because uh, one of the endings I didn't really like. And then it made <laughs> me change my attitude completely. I went back and I acted all corruptly and stuff. <laughs> so those types of things I found very uh attractive so i wanted to ask you guys maybe first like what do you thought of the general mechanics and if you had some feelings of maybe it's too tedious or or did you find it always interesting or what um yeah the mechanics were like pretty interesting i found some of them like kind of like obtuse sometimes like how, how do you actually like scan a person and get like that especially when they like first introduce some new mechanics like you do, sometimes they're like contextual to what's going on so you can't even like you can introduce them and like you're gonna have to deal with this later and normally they were pretty good about like the first person like you need to do this to them but i was a little bit tough sometimes mm -hmm. um and then like another part of the game is like you have this like workspace area and it gets cluttered. Yes. Um, Agreed. I think that's the whole thing, though, right? That's the yeah. Limit. It's very important to like you know how the game works, yeah. but like it's also like it's weird. It's like frustrating mm. in a way. Um, you know, I don't think that's particularly bad. Like, I think it's perfectly okay for games to like bring up you know that type of emotion. Um, but yeah, it does like it, it brings a really interesting feeling to the game. Um, which, like, another thing I thought about the game is uh, that, like, playing it, it feels like a job. Um, yeah. Which I, I found really, really interesting um, because, like, I don't know, that's, like, a complex feeling to, like, bring to a game, especially with, like, how, how I felt about it. It was, like, it feels like a job. But I don't know if you guys have ever had, like, a job that, like, you know, a lot of, like, retail jobs are kind of like this, where, like, you don't really care about the job, so you're basically just doing the minimum. 
Yeah, I hated it. The day. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, that's like that's how I felt like playing this game. It was like me too. I just wanted to not fail. I wasn't trying to be like super awesome and catch everybody. I just didn't want to like lose so much money that like I came out with a negative balance at the end of the day. Um, yeah, I thought that was like really really interesting that like the game kind of brought me to play that way because like normally I'm very much like a min max type <laughs> person. Like I, I like playing games well. Um, so yeah, I thought that was super, super interesting. The game was able to accomplish that. I hated that aspect of the game. It, I have once worked in brokerage in my life and it kind of reminded me a little bit of that. Uh, I hated how cluttered the screen was uh, just like, yeah, I'm piggybacking off of what you said, just because you inspired a lot. Like, even if it was the point, I don't give a shit. Like you can make decisions in a game that, you know, like it's intentional. Like I want, I want the player to feel this way, and 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 sometimes they're successful. And I'm not necessarily going to be like, oh, that's so great. They they did it. They made me feel frustrated, like I was working a shitty ass desk job. Um, so I like this game now because of that. Like I'm the opposite. Like yeah, you're right. You succeeded. And by the way, I don't think this game is bad, but you're probably going to hear a lot of vitriol from me, and it's for it's personal because I'm I don't like the setting. I don't like I don't like the moral choices it forces on me. Just like kind of Sadie said, like I don't want to be a dick to people i don't want to turn people away who are, who are desperate so, and yeah it is presented kind of funny but like it made me think about reality and it also the political climate today is not not so hot right now for for these types of things and i just i don't know I, it's kind of bummed me out like i had i think i have one person who's his wife she didn't have the right paper and i just put her husband through and she she's like fucking yeah and so i'm like well i'm putting her through anyways because this i feel bad for her Mm-hmm. And I don't want I don't want to, to do that. I don't want and so I obviously got a bad ending because I didn't real I didn't even realize that the money was based off of how fast you put people through. Yeah. I, I thought I'm just like slowly analyzing all the paperwork, double checking everything. It got real tedious and monotonous for me. And I the only thing I wanted was for it to end. And I was really happy when I got a game over. <laughs> Jeez. Or an ending, I should say. Uh, I don't know, man. It, but there is some cool stuff to it, like you guys said about the mechanics. Like on, on its surface, it does look like it's going to be pretty simple, but they keep introducing new stuff for you. But like to Kevin's point too, they don't really introduce it. Uh, obviously, like you have to fucking try to, you have to keep going through all the paperwork and shit, trying to figure out exactly what you're supposed to do. And then you're running out of time, and time is money. Mm-hmm. And I ain't had no money left because I ain't had enough time. That was my experience with this game. Shelby. Shelby. Yeah, your general impression. <laughs> uh, well, I actually, um, I didn't think I was going to like it because uh, when I first started, I was like, oh, it's one of these, like, you know, simulation, <laughs> whatever. Um, but then getting into it, like, it kind of became a, a challenge to do the job fast, but also, like, do it well. And, like, you know, of course, when all the uh, new rules are introduced, you do have your, um, you know, all your papers and your rule books uh there to help you out but it also um became like i said a challenge but also that you had to memorize certain things so that you didn't have to go back and look at um uh, if you knew something was wrong or whatever like sometimes you have to do the thing where like one of the game mechanics is that you highlight uh discrepancies between two pieces of whatever they give you like whenever the person comes up um but then eventually getting through that and knowing okay well i don't have to go and highlight this discrepancy or whatever i can literally just turn them away because there's stuff i know it's wrong so like you don't have to go back through the books to do it kind of thing uh so it's like a mem- like you know memorizing stuff um kind of makes it challenging and then like having to do it really fast and making sure that you make enough money at the end of the day and like all this stuff so um i think i was getting th- like to a point um where i was like helping the the rebels i don't know the ezix people (laughs) anyway um i didn't i haven't finished that yet i do want to go back and finish that ending it's just um it is a little long like some of the stuff like to get to the very end i think you have to play through a full month or something um for some of the longer endings uh so i kind of wish that the game had like a short version and then like uh, like a regular story mode, whatever. And then they also have one that's just endless, I think. But uh, yeah, um, that's pretty funny. I do enjoy the game. First impressions. Yeah, so 
there are different types of things that uh, can happen in the game and i guess we can go through those systems a little bit um mm. one thing that you guys mentioned is about helping specific people and there are like in-game quests and in, yeah in, in game i think there's um i don't know how many countries i think it's less than 10 right it's like seven or something like that so in the interface that that is shown to the player in the summary i guess after you complete a day because as you mentioned it is time boxed so you you start your game i think at 6 a.m and you and the game ends at 6 p.m um and they give you five credits for each individual that you process i guess even mm -hmm. you can deny it or you can detain him or her and also you can let, let them pass and for each one of those they give you five credits and that is shown in the end and also one thing i don't know if you guys noticed but you have those token slots and those tokens are given to you for for favors so those mm. are a very interesting side quests I think that one of the things that is very strong about this game is that for every action or for every like game aesthetic, if you want to call it like that, um, there is something that you can chase. Like, for example, if you wanted to go through all those tokens, you have to be very mindful of what of which individuals are telling you something different, because mm -hmm. some something important about the people that is coming in, I think, is, is that they are for the most part, like procedurally generated. Mm. So if you play like the same, let's say you play game, day one or day two or whatever, um, mm -hmm. each one of the days are scripted. So there are 31 days and I think all of them have a name and something is supposed to happen. The people sometimes also share a name or they are supposed to fill some narrative role in that specific day. And they could be one day a female, someday a, fe a male. Sometimes, you know, they'll be bald. Sometimes they'll have long hair. So sometimes it's just generic people that they don't say anything interesting. But each of the days, there's someone that says something scripted. And yeah. those are the ones that you need to focus to complete certain, either some endings, which is like a long-term goal, and sometimes uh, a token quest, if you want to call it like that. So the, did you find yourself sometimes just, you know, veering away from a specific path just because you wanted to chase something specific? Yes. Nope. <laughs> go ahead. My answer is just nope. So uh, go ahead, Shelby. <laughs> oh, no, it was, again, with the thing that I, with the the Ezix or the, I, I don't even know how you would pronounce that, but um, just the group. Like, I think at one point, like, a hooded guy shows up and you just see, like, in the, like, the darkness of his hood, like, there's just one eye and it looks like a sun, I guess. And he hands you this piece of paper, or not this piece of paper. I think he says something about, like, how the rebellion is starting or, like, whatever. And you're like, what? And then he just leaves and, or something like that. And then people like that keep showing up and they keep handing you these, like, pieces of paper and whatever. And then... um one thing that I found was really, really cool. And this is like the thing that set me. I was just like, okay, I'm going to go for this ending or whatever. Because uh, at that point, there was still time where I could decide like if I wanted to do that or not. And as somebody who plays like visual novels, um, you know, I'm familiar with those kinds of uh, cues, I guess. And I mean, they're really not hard to understand anyway, like for people who don't. But um, yeah, like he had handed me or somebody showed up and handed me two pieces of paper. Uh, and they were at different times but like one of them had like a bunch of letters like all this like weird code shit on it and then this other piece of paper uh, had squares cut out but you could see where you could like line them up uh and then they said like these are the two people you have to let through and then they give you these pieces of paper and you're like i don't know like there's no names on this thing but then you put it over it like the paper over each other and they just like you see like the names of the people you're supposed to let through mm -hmm. um and i only got one one day uh, and I think I was supposed to get both of them that day, but I ran out of time. Uh, so I don't know if like I failed in that task or not. But yeah, it was really fun just kind of seeing where that went. Um, but I think you hit like a point of no return when like some inspector shows up and he says, hey, have you gotten any suspicious items from these people? And he shows you like the symbol that you see across all of the all of the papers that they give you uh, and you can say yes or no. So. Uh, yeah, it's good, good stuff. Yeah, in that in that specific quest, I think the first person comes in on on the day they give you the papers, and yeah. then on the next day the inspector comes to scare you to scare you off, and mm. then that's when the the next person comes in. 
and it changes cool. the narrative of the man in red also so yeah i played a, I, I didn't played, get that far yeah i played a bunch of it i played like uh probably like 20 hours of the game um, oh wow how long did you guys play you know, kevin um i've played it for about three hours mm-hmm I was I was going down the same path as Shelby, and I didn't didn't end up completing it because I got a notification from Steam that Sekiro was playable. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah, I, I got like I was going down the same kind of Ezix path, and uh, yeah, I don't know the ending to it yet. But and, and how many endings did you get? Uh, I got one ending where I failed. Um, but yeah, I didn't get to the next ending. Only to play more to get there. Yeah. How about you, Rob? Which, which endings did you get? Uh. It's just something off before the end of thing. Prostitutes sure. kept giving me cards. Oh, or yeah. strip clubs. Yeah. So that was fun. Lots of them did. Uh, I, I played about an hour and a half. Uh, I got one ending. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was happy. It was over. <laughs> Which one? The one where your family dies? or? No, they sent back to the village and I was put in detainment. Oh, yeah. They go back to the village. So you ran out of money. You ran out of money. Oh, yeah. yeah. I sure did. Because I didn't know. I did not know how to make money in this game. Uh-huh. I do now. But I, did, I didn't while playing it. How about you, Shelby? Um, yeah, I only got I got the one ending where I was detained for not having enough money, and then I'm on the track right now to get um, the the rebellion one, whatever. Um, but also some I don't know if it's related, but some rando came and like gave me a bunch <laughs> of money that you could oh, wow. <laughs> to burn or not burn, and I chose to not burn it because it just makes everything so easy. Uh, so I mean, I still tried to rush like not rush or i still tried to go through uh processing people pretty fast or whatever but um yeah <laughs> it's nice to know that i don't have to worry about that money somebody's probably gonna show up and be like oh where the fuck did you get this and like arrest me or whatever but no I way don't know. you've earned it that was really fun you earned it shelby it's your money is it don't let them take that from you shelby you you it's your money <laughs> Yeah, I think that they give you a, a really large donation, like a thousand credits or something like that, yeah. when you yeah. help ease the, and the first time. I read, apparently, that if you burn it, he gives you 2,000 next, the next day, um, which I didn't do. <laughs> I didn't burn it either. <laughs> yeah, so. It anyway. is true. I burned it, and then, <gasps> yeah, they offer you 2,000, but I burn it again. Uh, oh, <laughs> Because I, I, I was still like so thinking, moral. oh, I got to do things properly. Um, mm-hmm. But apparently, I think they confiscate it if you take it, right? Yeah, mine uh, got confiscated eventually. Mine didn't. Yeah. No, you spend it first. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so there, there's so much stuff. Like, Do, do you guys have any uh, uh, favorite character? Um, that guy who like doesn't know what he's doing at all. Georgie! He keeps coming back. Georgie, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's awesome. <laughs> Georgie's the best, yeah. He keeps coming back with the the, the shitty like doc, the the totally false documents that you're like, yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, he has legit like papers too. one time, and you let him through, and he's like, oh, thanks you. I think yeah. that's one of the uh, tokens that you can get. Yeah, yeah. Georgie has such a good attitude. Like throughout <laughs> the game, he always appears, and even if you detain him, <laughs> he's always a good <laughs> he sport. Back. He's always a good sport. He's oh. like, oh, I know you have a tough job. I, I still prefer selling drugs and stuff. <laughs> they tell me something like that. Nice. So, damage? Damage. So, damage is a recommendation system. Uh, it Everybody is responsible for one heart. You can do full damage, meaning you don't recommend it to anyone ever. You could do no damage, which means you'd recommend it to pretty much everyone. It's not about how necessarily the quality of the game, but whether or not you personally feel like you would recommend it. Uh, yeah, and that's what that is. Seiji, it's your show, so take it away. Do what you want to do. Who wants to go first? <laughs> I'll go first. Okay. Uh, so yeah, uh, like I mentioned before, like I really like the fast-paced like nature of it. Like in order to make money and having to keep track of like all the information and stuff. Um, I thought that was cool. Uh, the cluttered desk kind of made it funny. Like eventually, I found myself um, where like I had this system where I would always put certain things in like a certain area of the screen, so I knew where to like uh, click and stuff. You can get like quality of life improvements too. Like <laughs> you have to pay to to be able to use shortcuts in the game, uh, and I I don't mean like shortcuts like 
typical shortcuts, I mean like keyboard shortcuts uh, to mm -hmm. use certain things like um, would bring up the, the investigation mode or uh, even the stamp thing. Eventually, you could pay to upgrade those. Anyway, um, I thought uh, the the style was cool. Um, it's kind of, I think, loosely based on like um, uh, like Russian culture and, and junk like that. Um, obviously, don't they don't say that, but you can clearly tell it's that's what it's based yeah. off of. Um, yeah. Um. Anyway, what the fuck? Where where was I going with that? Um. <laughs> Oh, one thing though that I did not like was um the the clock. It was really hard. I wish it had like numbers on it or bigger or just in a different part of the screen because that was really annoying to keep track of. Um I also didn't understand why some days would go longer than others, but and if you worked past a certain time you didn't get paid for it. Um so that was something that I thought was a little odd. Uh but yeah, I think uh I'll just quarter damage this game. That's it for me. All right, Kevin. Um I, I like the game a lot because of like what I was saying earlier, like there's some pretty unique kind of feelings that this game can give you that like you can't really find from some other games. Um, so while there were parts of it that were like kind of frustrating um, in ways, like uh, it still felt like a good experience. Um, so I'd, I'd like I think if you know there's people like Rob that didn't like really wow. enjoy. Um, the kind of like work-like type game, you know, maybe then I wouldn't recommend it to it. But like, I don't think you really need to play all the way to an ending to like get a good experience from this game either. Like, I think you get that really unique, unique point early. So I'm going to go with a quarter heart damage as well. Nice. All right. I have woohoos and boohoos. Uh, my woohoos is I, I, the art style. I, I think it's fun. It fits the tone of the game. Uh, it gets a unique character portraits feels to me it felt like an authentic representation of that type of setting uh the core loop makes sense and i think it's good at what it does uh, i got a bad ending on the fifth or sixth day uh, as i mentioned my family was sent back to their village and i was put in detainment and i typed in all caps yay it's over uh <laughs> boohoos i don't like working a desk job the music is dour and depressing but i do think that's purposeful I don't like the setting of these types of games. I thought the UI felt too cluttered, too many things you have to drag and drop down and page through, kind of pain in the ass. And that's not even like, I didn't get that far. Like imagine all this shit you guys are talking about. Every day feels very long, like it's going on forever. Uh, and I'm not a fan of these types of games, so I'm very, very biased. But all that being said, I would recommend this to most people. I think it's a unique experience. And just because I'm a curmudgeon doesn't mean that most people aren't going to get a lot out of this. Uh, and especially with the information that you guys provided me of further, with further mechanics, branching paths, you could select, you know, all the, all the shit you can do. Uh, so I think most people should definitely give it a try. So I'm going to go one quarter damage. Wow. <laughs> wow. Hey, man, I, just because I have opinions doesn't mean I can't uh, also be bi uh, logical about my damaging. So Still, <laughs> I wouldn't be that objective if I didn't like a game. Um, <laughs> uh, I guess my turn. And um, I'm a very big proponent of mechanics that can carry a narrative by themselves. Uh, I think there are many ways to to achieve that, and we haven't really explored that too much because of whatever reasons. Uh, there are certain things that are tried and true in, in, in video gaming, and a lot of these uh, big, big productions are, going, are not going to take uh, a lot of risk and are going to use whatever it's available for them to speak to a larger audience and that is okay i'm completely okay with that but i feel that we also both as players and people that work in the industry we i think we should look at where there's a lot of merit and i think this is one of those examples you you guys have heard me say before that i think that in terms of telling a story uh, and by telling a story, I mean passively. I think that literature, I think that music and cinema, they do a great job at doing that. And they, they have been doing it for a much longer time. So in a way, they have perfected you know certain things to the point where people just, they don't have to think about inventing another language to convey a certain message. Those techniques in that language is used a lot in video games too to... Uh, to convey a story 
video games also give us uh, a new dimension to to media, which is interaction, and that is pretty much unique to our media. And um, when you think about that and you take it as a challenge and you want to convey a certain you know feeling or mm, certain conflicts in, in a way where you need to mm, develop a relationship with characters and things like that it's very easy to default to what is known but it's very hard when you try to make it all integral and make you feel things by doing stuff that is hard but that is life also when you have an adventure, you are having the adventure. When someone tells you they have an adventure, it's a completely different thing because you're a little bit isolated by that. Video games can go somewhere in the middle where they let you experience something safely and enlarge your experience through that. Now, I haven't had a job kind of like the uh, kind of like this where there's very it's very monotonous and things like that. Being a clerk at a good. retail store, stuff That's like good. that. I haven't experienced that, so maybe I, I'm not you know, I haven't been, I wasn't affected in, in that same way. What it did for me, though, is I am an, an immigrant, so I've I've dealt with completing documentation a lot, and it is like this. It is like like someday you need to, you know, fill this, some, some piece of paper in a certain way, and then it is it's no longer valid, and you have to do it again and again. So maybe I didn't connect with the, with the officer, with the immigration officer that much, but indirectly, through being an immigrant, I, I, I sort of got that. And being on the other side of the desk was very interesting to me, where you had, you know, the power. Yeah, where, where, where you had the power, you know, <laughs> to let them in. All that being said, I, I thought the game also was fantastic. Not just, you know, what they do um, emotionally, but in narratively. But I also, I like puzzle games, right? So I like looking at patterns and, and you know, doing stuff and trying to do it quickly. There was many times where I would restart a game because I thought, hey, I could I could do better. I could I could get, you know, ten more credits from this day. And because you can save off your money and you can branch off from different days, I thought it was a good idea to have that platform. And I did get a lot of endings. And some of them were really satisfying and some of them were really, really not. So that's why I thought, you know, all the systems work together for a really good experience. And, and I thought, uh, I think this is one of my favorite games already. Probably it's in, nice. the, top, in the top 20 somewhere. So, of course, I'm not going to give it any damage. Not yeah. bad. That's pretty good. I, I'm glad that you found, a, a, well, I guess, a game that you consider one of your favorites instead of a game that you're like, I kind of want to play this game. I'll use bonus barrel as an excuse to play it. I was very, very surprised. Very surprised. I, I didn't think I was going to like this game as much as I do. I think people should give it a try, for sure. And if you have played it out there, or you try it, let us know what you think about it. So that's three and one quarter hearts remaining. So it's pretty it's good. pretty it's good. Very well above average for us. Yeah, but you thought I was going to give it full damage or something. I had it. I had it written down. I had a, you know, <laughs> in the spreadsheet, you know, Rob, yeah. full damage. But you didn't. So. You're incorrect. You're wrong. Very wrong. There we go. Kevin, always a treat to have you join us for an episode. I was just you have to be here. any projects in the work that you want to plug to our two listeners? Uh, no. <laughs> right, Shelby? Yeah. Thanks, Shelby. Thank you so much for backing me up. Oh. And thank you, the listener, for listening <laughs> to, to the end of our show listener please come back and listen again yeah right Chubbs? well one one listener because you said two listeners two. when you asked yeah. him to plug his stuff and now he didn't so we lost one listener and now we only have one listener i'm sorry it's all my fault. <laughs> so sad okay listen you got I was playing with one of my uh, yeah. Super Sentai toys. Some fucking, what is it, Godom? You got some Godom to go beat up? Some, some Jeryu? Yeah, people. I do, shall we? Some Questers? Some Ashu? Oh, Jesus. Okay, he's getting the giant mech ready, guys. Yeah, guys. Woo! This <laughs> is bonus material for people who are still listening to a yeah. grown man play with a child's toy. Yeah. This is what I would like to do. Yep. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, this is Rob. And Shelby. And Seiji. Kevin. 
thought you said Hen Shelby. Like you're combining Henshin and Shelby for a second. That would have been maybe, amazing. Hen you know, Shelby! Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that was fun, guys. I, 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 I mean, the show's done. So. The, sh- the show's done. It's done. Fuck you guys. No, the kidding. show's done. It's done. It's done. It's done. It's done. No more. Shelby? What's up? <laughs> Shelby, what do you say? Hey, Pikmin, in a fun way. Hey, hey Pikmin. There I like that. That's great. Love Thank it. you, Shelby. That was the best one. Oh, that was no. The best take. Yeah, no. definitely. Definitely better than Hola, Pikmin. <laughs>